Hello, everybody. Brian here, Franchise Radio Show, another one of our podcasts. Today, I'm delighted to have a very interesting couple of people here. It's not often I interview two people at once, so this will be an interesting dynamic. Uh, and they're interesting people from the point of view of their background in franchising, in business, and particularly, I think, an unusual area. So those of you who are looking at sectors other than normal, um, it's interesting to see how people create business models in the franchise sector from uh, from different sorts of business areas and so on. Today's one is called Waterfront Living, Avoiding the Costly Mistakes People Make and the Essential Checklist. I've got my two guests today, Scott Frickson and Chris Moshia. Um, so I'll just do a brief bio to give you an introduction to Scott. He's the, the co-founder and the chief executive officer. He's spent his first 17 years of his working career in a variety of high-tech corporate management positions. Um, and he says that this experience created the foundation for his uh, entrepreneurial roles that he's indulged in. And uh, he started Lake, Lakefront Living Realty in 2009 and um, created a website, lakefrontliving.com, which quickly became the one-stop shop for people looking to learn details about waterside properties uh, quickly and to connect with the agents in those areas. The business grew pretty quickly, and very soon he was fortunate to have organized himself in a way he was working on the business and not in the business. Um, he learned he could multiply his business revenue while, in fact, reducing his time involved. So um, this soon caught the eye of Christine Mosher. Um, and in 2014, the two entrepreneurs founded Lakefront Living International. It's an international real estate franchise company dedicated to waterfront living, waterfront lifestyle. And uh, Chris and, and Scott refer to their franchisees as partners, which we all applaud as that better describes their relationship. Um, it's a matter of interest, Scott and his wife, Linda and daughter, Sydney, live in a log home and they're avid boaters and enjoy everything about the lifestyle that, that uh, Lakefront Living has to offer. Why not? Christine, um, or Chris, uh, been selling real estate since 2003. So she's a veteran and her exceptional lakefront marketing and sales skills, along with her previous franchise experience, made her the perfect partner for Scott. Relying on her tenacity and her strong vision, Chris has dedicated herself to expanding the company nationwide. She relishes working with her partners and cherishes her role as an educator, coach, and motivator. One thing that Chris understands clearly is that when franchisees succeed, everyone succeeds. And she says that she'll do whatever it takes to help her franchisees achieve their goals. She uh, possesses not only expertise, but also a genuine desire to help provide support and motivate each franchisee along the way. Welcome to you both. Thanks, Thanks Ryan. for having us. Was, was there anything you'd like to add to those bios I crafted there? That was such a nice introduction. Yeah. I think we can end the interview here. <laughs> I know that was that was excellent. Well, seeing as we're interviewing you at five p.m. your time and seven a.m. mine, and I'll go for breakfast, and you can have an evening glass of beer or something. <laughs> Wine <But>, it is. <laughs> so, I wonder if you could tell me first. Um, I'm just fascinated. And I think the listeners will be as well. What What are the trends in lakefront living that you see currently? Well, I think the biggest trend over the last two years is really since COVID hit, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, so many people now uh, be able to work from home that couldn't before. And I think 
now that they are, they're saying to themselves, you know, um, you know, if we if we can work from home now, why not be in a place that we, we can live, work and play at the same time? And so I think, you know, our niche of lakefront living uh, and waterfront property was at the right place at the right time for that movement. Yeah, yes. And uh, well, there's been a trend towards that, uh, certainly in America for a long time. In Australia, more so in recent decades, certainly here, there are a lot of canals, a lot of canal developments, harbours. I live on a harbour myself, looking at a few yachts out the window. Um, so I think a lot of people would relate to that. Um, and the issues, I think, are virtually identical. If you're on water, um, you've, you've often got particular points you need to be conscious of. So what sort of people are they that choose to live on on lakes? And I'll leave either of you to, to answer that question. I'll take off with that one. You know, it's funny, uh, I'm in Ohio and most of the uh, buyers in Ohio are looking for a secondary home uh, within two hours of their primary residence. So I find that most buyers are, are corporate executives, entrepreneurs, small business owners who are so busy, they don't have time to get away, but they wanna be able to get away on the weekends. Um, or, you know, investors or retirees. Um, and it's funny with our other partners in the other states and with Scott, like with Scott, most of his are full-time residents. So it just varies by state. But so to pinpoint that it's one kind of buyer is kind of hard to do, but for the most part, they just got to love the water. And I think everybody feels this way. I, I don't know any human. There's just something about when you walk up to a lake or even when you're driving down the highway and you cross over a lake, you just are captivated by it. It just does something to your soul that just brings peace to you. So I, I think boating and finding that and just appreciating a quality of life, uh, having that view all every day, or at least on the weekends. Yeah, I resonate with that. I remember when my our kids were younger and we'd be driving to the ocean somewhere and you go over the brow of a hill and there was the water. <laughs> and it's yeah. sort of... Yeah. The whole atmosphere in the car would change. <laughs> but uh, no, it's a lovely thing. We are all compelled and drawn to it, uh, which makes sense as to why you're in that business area. So tell me, uh, coming in fairly quickly with a, a leading question, can you give us a bit of a checklist for buying sort of waterfront property? Well, it's funny. Over the years, you know, being having done just waterfront for so long, I think um, most of our checklists have come from uh, times when we've ourselves been caught in, you know, a situation where we hadn't thought of before. So, you know, when you're buying lakefront or waterfront, it's just different than most real estate. And we like to say you're not just buying a house, you're buying the lake. So all the details of that lake itself become pretty important for any consumer looking to buy there. So whether there's water quality issues, uh, weed control, lake level, um, you know, whether you're on the sunset or sunrise side, there's just a lot of questions that need to be asked uh, kind of understand, you know, what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know across different parts of the world, we get different types of, of, of title in real estate. Um, and I'm not sure what the terminology is in the States, but in Australia, we have a lot of properties which are, we call them body corporate. So they're, they're a corporately owned area of land managed by a, a body corporate and everyone contributes to the fees of maintenance and so forth. And that's often an area for dispute where there were disagreements amongst the uh, the owners 
as to how that should be managed and how the money should be spent and that sort of thing. Uh, it's an area that people often don't research before they commit to buying something, which can be absolutely fatal. Um, I know, do you find similar title arrangements in waters, waterfront sort of living around the, the states at all? We do. We call ours a uh, homeowners association, and um, and so you we call, which the abbreviation is HOA fee. So that's you know normally when you're buying a lake home, it's usually within a private community, and the HOA HOA fee varies. Um, so I have a lot of those in Ohio, uh, a lot of when you go to Tennessee and places uh, where there's retirement communities where they've developed these, you'll find that. But then there's a lot of state run um, uh, reservoirs or lakes and, where there are no HOA fees. And you usually the state owns that the waterfront frontage of the property. Um, you can still put a boat dock on some of those, but there's not necessarily an HOA fee. Uh, but for example, we had uh, one of our lakes here in central Ohio, Buckeye Lake, it's run by the state. They run all the frontage, but um, the dam needed to be replaced. So what they ended up doing is building a new dam 70 feet out and then let it overflow over the old one. And um, But all the lakefront owners and townspeople, everyone in there had an assessment for a replacement of the dam. Um, so if you don't have the property owners association, the homeowners association, and it's a city or something, then, you know, you run the risk in either case, getting assessments when there needs to be, uh, repairs and stuff like that. That sounds a horrific example. <laughs> it doesn't happen that often, <laughs> but that's why you need an expert to help you not understand all these things. <laughs> Certainly, um, as with any of those homeowners associations or body corporates, there are often areas, you know, disputes about water or electricity or rates, airs and that type of thing, which uh, can catch people unaware. So, so do you have a process or what do you recommend people do to, from their research point of view, doing their due diligence to make sure they're not walking into a situation where they're going to inherit quite a liability possibly? Yeah, you know, you know, I think for any... Go ahead. Go ahead, Scott. I was going to say, I think for any consumer, um, you know, it's best to try and seek out an expert in that type of property. You know, certainly a, a realtor or real estate agent that has the experience there. Um, I would hope that they have their own checklist to go through that brings all those questions to the forefront so they can be asked and answered, you know, in, in a timely way. And I think, you know, things like ownership and recreation and there's just there's so much to focus on in this one niche that I think you you know any consumer would do themselves well by finding that kind of expert. You know, this is something that applies to any business or property you buy, doesn't it? You know, you need to make sure buyer beware to actually know in ahead in advance what are the liabilities, what are the issues, what are the expectations of you, your neighbours, your business partners, et cetera, et cetera, and your customers. So, so what are some of the the obvious mistakes that you need to avoid? when you are buying lake and waterfront properties? I think with, with our buyers, the, the mistakes to avoid are going out and using a lot of people like for me, live two hours away, they use a local realtor, drive two hours with their friend realtor, uh, go somewhere and try and buy a property at the lake with a realtor that does not understand the lake, doesn't know the rules, um, you know, I had, for instance, last year at my lake, uh, an out of town realtor brought a 
helped a friend purchase a home and they never looked to see there's boat length limits and then they couldn't have their boat on the lake. And um, it was just, you know, just things like that. And, and then once you get an expert at that lake, um, that they know the lake like the back of their hand. They know what areas are weedy, uh, just, you know, understanding in the winter when you lower the lake so the ice doesn't, you know, cut your boat dock. You know, some areas of the lake have the water down, others don't. Um, like when we get buyers, and that's the one thing what Scott and I wanted to do that to be different. It's just not a website with lake homes. We pride ourselves and have created experts that live at each lake that actually take you out on the boat to see and experience the lake life uh, from out there and get in it and get on it and um, and experts at each lake. So if I have a buyer wanting to look at three different lakes, I'll send them to the agents that are actually at that lake, not have them work with just one realtor going to all the lakes. They work with the experts for that lake. Yeah, that, that makes sense, isn't it? That, isn't it so true in everything we do? If you want to get fit, you see a really good personal trainer, you know. <laughs> you don't rely on a video or, or YouTube. Yeah. So something certainly fairly common here, you mentioned it, that triggered it in my mind about the size of the vessel you can have. Um, because we have a lot of a lot of uh, marinas and jetties and so forth, and particularly on a lot of our, our canals and so forth. Um, and uh, I've certainly known the cases where people have had exactly the same problem as you did, Chris, or the people you related to there, that found their boat was too long for the jetty. And you, you're done. There's nothing you can do about it. You can sell the boat and buy a smaller one. So <laughs> often break a heartbreaker. So um, when you're looking... Um, well, I suppose if someone's looking to buy a lakefront property, what, what are, let's say, the, the top 10, for example, questions you think people should arm themselves with to, to ask and inquire about that property? Well, we've actually got a list on uh, lakefrontliving.com where people can go through that top 10 list. It's right under the Buyers tab. But one of the most important, you know, I, don't, I probably won't go through all 10, but I think one of the most important is, at least around here, is, is the property in a flood zone. And that can be true whether the property's on, you know, on the ocean or a lakefront or a canal. And the reason that's important is, you know, certainly flood um, insurance has gone up quite a bit in the last few years. So, you know, if you're if you're unaware that your property is in a, zone, a flood zone and you get hit with that um, flood insurance cost, that could be anywhere from, you know, a thousand dollars a month to I've seen it up to go to you know twenty five thousand dollars a year. So, that could be a pretty uh, tough nut to swallow if that's something that's a surprise to you. So we try to, uh, you know, it's certainly one of those things that we do for everybody is to any, any property consumers looking at, we try to make sure that um, we pull a flood certificate on that property and see if it really is in a flood zone or not. And sometimes just the simple act of asking the current homeowner is not enough. Um, FEMA is changing these maps and flood zones all the time. So what was not in a flood zone three months ago could certainly be in a flood zone now once FEMA changes the maps. So you really have to stay on top of that as soon as you make an offer on a property to know what's going on there. Yeah, I think it's a worldwide problem. We're certainly in Australia having, um, having floods in areas which have never been flooded before. So that's very relevant when you come to any sort of waterway and so forth. What's the provision and uh, how, how's your front door sort of thing if you're too close to the water level? Yeah. Any other any other any other questions that come to mind that's uh, worth noting while we're talking? 
thing too with me uh, in, my, in Ohio, in my area, and a lot of the other lakes, uh, the boat dock knowledge, uh, understanding you know if you have the wood docks with wood posts in the winter, how that affects during your winter, if you have the water up or not. Um, now down in Tennessee, they don't have to worry about that, but you know, if, uh, what is the condition of the boat dock? Those are hefty expenses. And, um, uh, also the sewer understanding most lakes, uh, you're, you're on well water and sewer understanding how the sewage system is going Not Most people aren't used to that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think also the water quality, you want to make sure, you know, there are some lakes around here that have had, uh, pesticides leached in from the farmland around them and uh, killed out uh, the fish and vegetation and created bacteria. It was, wasn't even safe to swim. So I think having understanding of the water quality, who's managing it, how's that taken care of, uh, you know, septic, the water, boat docks, those are kind of things you're not going to find in a normal residential purchase. And there's a whole bunch of them. We, I think we have 31 questions to ask uh, on that checklist Scott was talking about. Right. Well, there's a bit of homework for people. Yeah, certainly, uh, as you say, water quality is really important, particularly where we're talking here with canals and so forth. It depends how tidal the property is, but uh, if there's not that much moving water, then that becomes a problem, as you say. Yeah. Um, so m- moving on from that one, thank you for answering those those questions. Um, what about, I suppose, <coughs> the way I've described this, what floats today's boats, you know? Um, what, what, what is it about waterfront living and boating? What, what do you see as those mesh of emotions and reasons behind people's decisions and so forth from that point of view? What, what's available? I like that. What floats those boats? Well, I, uh, funny, I, I find most buyers usually have a childhood, like what you were talking about, experience where they've gone to lakes. I didn't, I didn't have that luxury, but my husband did. And, um, we had married and we're blending our families and we thought what a better way instead of you know picking whose house we live in to blend the family let's buy a house together that's fun our kids were you know seven eight and nine and that's where we blended our families well the treasure that i ended up finding out of that was we wanted to be there every weekend and so did all their friends and then <laughs> then going grade school through high school everybody came to the lake for the weekend and the parents would come up there to pick them up and we'd have them cooking out. It became a fun social uh, way for us always having our kids around and getting to know their friends, which is really nice as a parent (laughs) and, and the family too, the family aspect of just, there's something about hanging out on the side of the lake or just getting in the pontoon boat. And just, even though we've been around it hundreds of times, I still love going out during the sunset and having a glass of wine and watching that sunset. There's just something about that. And uh, especially with friends and on hot days, the 4th of July on the lake and the fireworks reflecting on the water. It's just, it's almost magical. And I don't mean to sound cliche, but it, it's a lifestyle that I can't even imagine not having now uh, that I've lived it. I can appreciate that. As you say, it's wonderful what it does for families. And that, that's something you, that's a legacy. You can't, there's no way you can construe that otherwise. So, uh, yeah, then obviously you've got, you've got to be a bit of a party person, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, so um, I, I, I appreciate that. Um, so what type of boaters are 
I suppose, uh, create the highest demand? What, what type of boat? Are we talking about sporting people who just want to paddleboard or talking about people who've got big yachts or sailing dinghies? What's what's the sort of profile you find? Yeah, I think we get all kinds. I mean, I think we get it's probably into two categories. There's a category where I think the adrenaline type that really want all the powerboarding toys and jet skis and so forth. And then you get people who really just want kind of a quiet solitude part of the lakefront lifestyle. So, you know, where there's non motorboating lakes and you see, you can just canoe and kayak and paddleboard. And I would say, you know, most of them fall into one of those two categories that we deal with. Right. It's, it was fun um, down in, uh, so in Ohio, all the lakes are small. They're all man-made out in farmland, most of them. Uh, you have to go to Lake Erie to be able to uh, take a yacht out. But Scott and I went down to visit our one partner at Lake of the Ozarks. And, uh, oh, my gosh, yeah, um, mega yachts are on Lake of the Ozarks, just huge, 75 feet. They were just I, – I had no idea. I just thought those would be in the ocean. But, uh, like, Lake, Lake of the Ozarks, they also have – it's called – is it called Speed, Scott? Is that what it's called? It's like the Audubon for boats, those uh, cigarette shootout. boats. Oh, the shootout. The shoot. Yeah. That's yeah. It. And uh, these boats go, I guess, 150 miles an hour and just shoot down like the Audubon. And everybody ties up to watch these boats go by. So you, it just depends where you're at and what size of the lake, but it goes all over the board. Wow. That sounds, <laughs> sounds extraordinary. So um, t- tell me, if, if, if you're looking to sell you know, a waterfront property, um, what, what, are the, what are the key sort of tips or advice you'd give anybody if they're in that situation? Well, there's a couple. Chris is probably better at this, but I think, um, you know, I always tell them to focus on the lifestyle because, you know, really that lifestyle is what they're looking to sell. I think, you know, a house can be changed, um, house can be moved, but that location on the lake or on that water body is really important. So I think showing, showing what the lifestyle will be like for a potential buyer um, is probably one of the best things they can do. And I'll also say, you know, something I tell my sellers is to, you know, it's hard to see your house for the first time when you're selling it. So, you know, the best thing they can do is, is stop thinking like a seller and try to think like a buyer as best as possible. If, if you can look at your house or even with your neighbors to come over and look at your house for the first time and say, okay, if potential buyers are walking in here, you know, what kind of lifestyle Am I communicating here? And, um, you know, what can I show off better? Yeah, that makes sense. So um, I, I suppose looking at the marketplace, um, the growth in the last decade of Airbnb and organisations like that, what sort of influence has that had up from the point of view of the market? I'm thinking about people buying for investment or people who want to use their, their, their waterside front home from time to time and then make it available for that through Airbnb or some other organization. Is, is, is that something that's significant in the marketplace? Oh, boy, is it ever. And, you know, just in the past year, I've been doing this for years. And, in fact, uh, I personally just sold uh, one down the street for me uh, for uh, someone who is putting it in VRBO. And every, everyone is wanting to do that all over the place. Um, it's really become something popular. Um, even I, I've seen, and I don't know much about this, but I've seen like, I know Marriott is even buying homes to put into uh, uh, 
programs like that. So it's just, it's a new concept that, especially for lake home resort areas, destination places, uh, which are, most lakes are, um, it's truly become uh, picked up in this past year, especially. So is this a good point for investors, potential investors who are looking at the future, that maybe this is a market that's going to possibly exceed the average sort of residential value, uh, residential you know, dwelling value? Is that something that's going to be a sector that's going to be, going to be look, we're going to look back on it and say, wow, I wish I'd been involved in that because the market grew by a significant percentage. Is, is it in that sort of category? I think yeah, certain because- lakes will be... Oh, go ahead, Scott. I was going to say, you know, they they say they're not making any more waterfront property. And so, you know, one of the nice things about investing in uh, waterfront is that it, it tends not to follow the same cycles that other, you know, generic real estate does. So it holds its value really well. So from an investment standpoint, I can see why more and more uh, investors are getting into that segment, especially when it comes to, you know, waterfront in destination areas where they know that the drawer is always going to be there. Um, it's a pretty sound investment for them long-term, not only short-term, but long-term. Yeah, look, we, we have um, a number of areas where there's some really, really, really luxurious homes on, on waterfront where we have, you know, film, film stars and car racing drivers and all these sorts of people, wealthy industrialists, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they're always a, a point of interest. Uh, is that an area you, you, you've got any experience in, any case studies or histories you can tell us about rubbing shoulders with the stars in your line of business? Well, it's funny. Um, this, has been, this has been fun. We've, my team is, uh, I think between all of us, we've filmed five times now with HGTVs, Lakefront Bargain Hunt and Lakefront uh, Bargain Hunt Renovation. Uh, our Lake of the Ozarks uh, partner, Annie, she actually has a show that's going to be uh, starting strictly on the Ozarks, and she's going to be host uh, one of the hosts on it. And uh, we had HGTV. I filmed a pilot for uh, a lakefront living show, but the budget it was right before COVID, and we shot the pilot and everything, and they just didn't um, it didn't get it financially approved. But we've had Hollywood reach out to us a number of times to find the perfect lake house for this kind of movie set. And last last summer, I had one up at Putin Bay off of Lake Erie, and um, it's just funny how they reach out to us to to find that. So we're we're source form. I've rubbed shoulders with a couple celebrities, but only because my sister's a writer in L.A. <laughs> Not really because of my business yet. <laughs> So there's a lot of arms to your business, aren't there? That's what makes it fascinating to me. It's one of those businesses that is sort of, would I be right in saying it's, it's, I suppose it's spread has increased as it's become more popular. So you, you're dealing with various different types of demographics of people and circumstances and so forth. Uh, um, what is it that makes this particular business of interest and appeal and fascination for each of you, Chris? Uh, you know what, for me, this is going to sound cliche, but I just love helping families. And now my agents and my partners enjoy that life. And it changed my life. And I became passionate about it. I just thought, if anybody wants to find a lake home, 
I want them to have what I had with my family. And then I cherish the agents on my team and my partners. I just, I just want to see them have, be a success, but there's just something I cherish being with my family and my husband at sunsets. That's my favorite part of the day and sunrise. So uh, that every day, it's just melts my heart. I don't get sick of them. Not one. <laughs> That's true. There's something about water, isn't it? Those views. And what about yourself, Scott? I think, you know, one of the pieces of feedback we get most often from buyers that have been on the water now for six months or a year is, I wish I had done this sooner. And, mm. you know, our, our tagline is changing lives one lake house at a time. And I, and I think we take that to heart because we know from living on the lake for so long that um, it really is a different kind of lifestyle. It's a different kind of life. And it does, Chris mentioned it earlier, it gets in your blood and you never want to live off the water again once you've been there. So, you know, I think, you know, we try to just bring as many people as we can into this lifestyle as possible. And if that's our mission at the end of the day, and that's what we achieved, and we're pretty happy with that. Right. An expression I picked up somewhere in your on your, your website, I think, was um, I think it was a bit of a storyline from late childhood to adult business. Um, can you expand on that a little bit for me? I, I was fascinated. I assume that was a reference. I was fortunate enough to uh, be born and raised here on a lake in Mansfield, Massachusetts. So I I got my feet wet literally early <laughs> at an early age. So. Um, you know, I was fortunate just to be able to grow up uh, and live this lifestyle from, you know, very early on. And and I think that passion just kind of transferred into a business, uh, you know, over the years and, and, and uh, you know, turned into what it is now. Right. Okay. Well, Scott, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt Brian, but Scott has his in-laws and his parents. They all live on the same lake. They all can just boat to each other's houses. <laughs> I have family affair. A family affair. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Look, is there anything you'd like to add? I've sort of exhausted my questions here, but um, I found it quite fascinating. Is there anything you'd like to add you think we, we, we haven't covered that you think is pertinent for anyone listening? Well, I think, you know, as always, we, we wear two hats, Chris and I, and one is, you know, helping buyers and sellers live this lifestyle through lakefrontliving.com. And our other hat, of course, is growing our partner network uh, around the country here um, and helping them achieve competitive advantage in their marketplace by using our systems. And, you know, those are those are two groups of people we love to serve. And, uh, you know, if anybody would like to talk more about us, about the partnership with us, uh, we'd love to get on the phone so they can they can find our consumer site at lakefrontliving.com or they can find our franchise site at lakefrontfranchise.com. We'd love to uh, talk to anyone out there. Look, and I recommend anyone go and visit it. I was really awestruck when I saw saw the the lakefrontliving.com website. It really is beautiful. I was going to say I made my mouth water, but my, my feet itchy to get into the water. <laughs> it was, it was, it's really delightful. Look, I've really enjoyed speaking to both of you today. I really have done. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, I will uh, just repeat those addresses. If people want to learn a bit more about, number one, about yourselves it's lakefrontliving.com very straightforward and from the point of view of your your franchises that are available lakefrontfranchise.com so please go along there and you can make contact with people if you wish so having said all that um any final points there you'd like to add that you're saying ah, 
I wish Brian had asked me that. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking about your audience. I know you're on the other side of the world from us, but uh, and but you're attracting people maybe considering franchising. Um, I think one thing I learned is don't let fear stop you. If you're passionate about it, give it a shot and go for it because uh, fail, failure just is a learning step, stepping stone, not a uh, not a stop sign. And just to go for it, I can't imagine not trying this. And it was a big leap of faith uh, mm. with both the franchises that I did. And, I'm, and I've learned so much through both and I'm so glad I've had the experience. So for all your listeners, if they're thinking about something they're passionate about to just, or just want to even bounce ideas off of one of us, I'd love to encourage anybody that would want to just bounce ideas, even if it's not real estate. I just like to help people. So. That's that's a wonderful way of expressing it. I, I'm a franchise freak, I suppose, myself, having been in the in the sector for four, four decades. But uh, um, but it was, it's really encouraging to hear you say that. It's interesting, as you say, that advice for people. I think it's it's advice for life, isn't it? So um, uh, so with all that, I'd just like to thank Chris and thank Scott. Wrap up and say, hope you've all enjoyed listening to our show today. It'll be another one coming off in the near future keep your eyes open for it and uh whatever you're doing enjoy yourselves have fun and uh let's get on with it and make this world really work cheers then and thanks very much again been lovely talking thank to you thank you brian appreciate it